Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work with your friend and your man, Tim Salau, Mr. Future of Work. And today I have a really special guest that I'm incredibly excited to be speaking with on today's episode of the Unleashing the Future of Work series. But before I get into speaking with our awesome guest, I want to show love to all of you who are viewing live from all over the world. Please comment below in the LinkedIn comment section. If you're viewing this from wherever you're at, just so we can show you some love and say, hey. But today, I wanted to shout out and show love to my lovely guest, Chris King, who is the CEO of Gigster, where he drives and is responsible for driving the vision of Gigster to build applications that matter for the enterprise, disrupting the professional services industry while helping to transform the future of work. Previously, Chris was the VP of VMware's cloud division, where he led the $400 million spin-out of a software company called Pivotal. That's huge. He also founded Persistence Software and took them public in the past. Chris is a change agent CEO and a tireless future work advocate. And I'm such a big fan of him. I actually had the opportunity to see him speak at one of the events I was hosting at in San Francisco. And I was just impressed by his one effective communication, but also his passion around the future of work and really creating a future where companies can create more of and bring Chris on. Chris, what's up, man? Hey, thanks, Tim. That was, I sound much more impressive when you talk about me than when I think about myself. So thank you for that. You kind of boosted my ego for the day. <laughs> Chris, you know, thank you so much for finding time to be on the Unleashing the Future of Work episode. You know, I would love you for bet. you to share a little bit about your story and your background with our lovely community. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things is I think uh, over the last year, and I want to thank you for all your work on on kind of helping the future of work happen. You know, we've talked about, well, what is the future of work and when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen? Well, it's now. It's yeah. I don't, We have to call it the now of work because everything we talked about, uh, giving people more flexibility, mm-hmm. uh, having people work on things they have passion for, uh, how do you manage people when you can't see them? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that stuff, it's happening. And, um, you know, there's this great expression, you know, never let it never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. Uh, and we got a crisis now, but it's got some opportunity to it that I think is is really exciting for the future of work and, and how to just help humans be more effective together. Mm-hmm. And, and so true, especially with everything, everything going on with the COVID-19 um, pandemic. Simran is saying, hey, Chris. Hey, Tim. Daniela from Tennessee is saying, hey, Chris. Hey, Daniel. We have a community all over the world right now showing love and welcoming you, Chris. So let's go back to with what's going on right now currently with yeah. the pandemic. How do you think organizations are currently being affected by COVID-19? Well, I think the simple way of putting it is we are all freelancers now. <laughs> sink in. We're all freelancers. Yeah. We're all working at home. Uh, my wife has still got her PJ bottoms on and a really nice top, you know, so it's like everybody's kind of like doing things differently. And, um, and I think that's, that's a real moment of change. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're, I frankly don't think we're going to go back to the same jobs we had. I don't think we're going to go back to the same style of work that we had. Uh, and so everything is just a little different in my company. 
nine o'clock every morning Pacific Standard Time. We have we have a coffee coffee clash. So that's <laughs> one way that we're kind of we're we're hanging at home, but we're also hanging together. Yeah. So tell us more about Gigster. You all have a really unique culture and have been around for quite some time now. You know, talk to us a little bit more about the company culture with Gigster and also how you all are shaping the future of work. Yeah, this company's been around for five years. I came on board a year, about a year ago, to kind of help us grow and expand into a to a kind of an enterprise and global company. But the company started with this really interesting idea that freelancers could do more than just kind of odd jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, that you could actually coordinate groups of freelancers, uh, groups of remote workers to deliver software, and not just any old software, but deliver truly innovative transformational software. So Gigster for the last five years has helped more than 500 companies wow. uh, deliver thousands of projects using teams that always blended uh, enterprise customer, enterprise employees and mm -hmm. freelancers and Gigster employees into what we call a hybrid dynamic team to produce generally kind of leading edge customer facing applications or employee facing applications. So there's a very famous American motorcycle manufacturer, all of whose customer facing applications, ride planner, community, ride sharing, all of that was built by Gigster freelancers working as teams along with that company's IT people. And, and so you know, when I found out about what you all were doing, I was like, wow, this is gonna change the world. And I was so surprised that you all have been around for five years and I had no idea. But, you know, it's so unique, the fact that there's now this platform where you're bringing together the product managers, the engineers, and more importantly, you're acting as that platform um, relationship with enterprises who are really lo looking to build teams quick and on demand, right? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because companies have adopted many collaboration tools like mm -hmm. Slack or Jira or GitHub. Um, but there's no kind of higher level tool to help you manage the talent and the teams and the delivery with all of those things going on underneath. And so that's the part that I'm really excited about. We call it the Gigster Innovation Management Platform. And what it does is it allows, it's kind of a mouthful. Sorry about that. Um, it, it allows you to kind of constantly be calibrating your talent. Uh, what skills do people have and, and what's their availability? Are they busy? Or are they not busy? then it allows you to hmm. dynamically, or we call it elastic staffing, we uh, elastically put people onto teams based on the needs of those teams and the availability of the people. And then to manage the risk of delivery for those teams, you can't see them anymore. Uh, you can't talk to them easily. So how do you know if things are going okay? How do you know if they need help? Um, how do you know if they're bored? Uh, and so Gigster has this remote worker management platform. And what's amazing is people are coming to us now and saying, I have 8,000 developers. Can you put them, can we put them all on your platform? And wow. we, you know, we, we have a big gulp and then we say, well, yes, it's going to take a lot of help, but we can help you get there. You know, so everyone is saying, Patricia is saying, you know, everyone's pivoting to the way we're doing things now. So this remote work culture, um, Adam is saying, you know, his business has just taken a big step due to a push by the coronavirus to work from home. So they're sourcing guidance to get our staff in right frame of mind, such as get out of bed, get ready to help, motivation and all of that and mindset. So he's definitely agreeing with what you're saying. That yeah. the future of work is now. Sabrina is saying it's been incredible to see how fast companies have been able to adjust and adapt to 
you know, when they've had to, right? So yeah. we everyone's agreeing with you, man. Every company is changing. And I think what's so interesting about what Gixer is doing when it comes to kind of creating this elastic structure um, that will allow organizations to adapt faster is that there's not a lot of platforms like Gixter around. There really aren't. One of the things that we find when we talk to companies is that so much, it sounds funny because we're in this technology world and we've got technology for pretty much everything. But so much of what we do about who we work with and how we work with is still based on tribal knowledge. Hmm. So I know you in a certain context, but there's a lot of things I don't know about you. Uh, you know me in a certain context. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. Hmm. This is true in the technology world. I may know you as, oh, yeah, Tim's the guy that helps us with Java. But <laughs> you, may, you may have a lot more skills than that. And you may know me as, oh, yeah, Chris, he's the DBA guy. Um, but I may have a lot more skills than that. And so one thing that companies really, I think, need to do first off when they get their teams working remote is truly inventory. What are people's skills, uh, both the hard skills, but as well as the soft skills? How well do they work on big teams? How well do they work on, on small teams? And then what are this person's passions? Because if somebody's working remote, how are they going to stay motivated? I can't just say, hey, Tim, go do this for me right now. Um, you know, I have to say, I have to find things that really tie in not only to your skills, but also your passions. So I think that's a really big opportunity here as we're learning how to work remote. Hmm. So really having organizations and leaders within these organizations focus on asking the people, what are your skills? What are your passions? And more importantly, you know, what are also the soft skills that, or the life skills that are necessary for you to, you know, thrive, especially as a remote employee, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And in that way, it's we are all freelancers now. So a freelancer, if they don't want to do a job, they don't apply for it. Uh, right. And that's pretty simple. But that's not really the way it works in the corporate world. Like if I work for you and you say, hey, Chris, jump. And I'm supposed to say how high. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that, that really segues perfectly into what we were actually discussing um, a few a few weeks ago, actually, around the dual economy. Right. You yeah. know, you know, and you and I have talked about this idea before of the dual economy. How would you describe it and what does it mean for workers in this generation? Well, I think it's 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 really kind of this neat concept. You know, uh, it's basically everybody wants what they don't have. So, <laughs> so employees look at freelancers and think, man, that's the life. That's the life. They go where they want. They do what they want. Um, and then in this funny sort of way, freelancers look at corporate employees and say, there's certain parts of that that I really yeah. wish I had. Yeah. Uh, you know, freelancers want stability just like everybody else. Uh, freelancers want access to good health care and benefits and all those things just like everybody else. And so I think the, the I, corporate employees, uh, corporations need to treat their employees a little more like freelancers, you know, really try to understand them and their motivations and how to use them effectively. Um, and I think in the same way, corporations need to treat freelancers a little bit more like employees. Give them more visibility if you can. Um, mm -hmm. Give them some way to get access to benefits. By the way, that's obviously happening in California with things like AB5, similar kind of legislation going through New York, where uh, the states are starting to force uh, employers to treat freelancers more like employees. Yeah, no, so there's a there's a huge movement happening around it. And I think legislation is now trying to catch up. And I think it, what's surprising, yeah. I think with what's going on with COVID-19, 
legislation is going to even be faster to embrace remote work, right? That's because right. Because health benefit. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Right? And I think it's, you know, there's been lots of organizations who said, uh, you know, someday I'd really like to change the way my workforce works. I, you know, almost every CIO I talk to says, boy, I really wish we had a good skills database. Um, I really wish we had a way to get more cross-fertilization across our different teams. Mm. I really wish we could help our uh, IT folks and our business folks work more closely and collaboratively together. Well, all of that is possible today, but you got you to gotta kind of grab the moment. You know, Sabrina, one of our top community members is saying networks are going to help create more stability and benefits for freelancers. She definitely agrees with that. Absolutely. Yeah, Joe is saying, I'm a freelance artist manager working from home and anywhere, and I love the freedom and independence. So he's loving what you're saying. Um, Sandra is saying, it's happy to see that soft skills are also really important to your point. That's so important because, again, you know, if you have a group of people in a working in a room, you can kind of do take a command and control approach. You know, somebody is not really all that nice. You kind of stick them over in the corner. Somebody's you know, really good connector. You kind of use them to kind of, you know, soothe everybody's feathers. If you're working remote, your no- motivation has to come from within. Mm. Um, if you're on a team and there's a real jerk on the team in a collaborative environment, they're just going to be cut out and everybody suffers from that. So the soft skills, I think, really come to the floor in, in remote work. And I can just tell you from Gigster that when we look to staff somebody, we, are ha- we have this inventory of both hard skills and soft skills. And we, we look really hard at those soft skills every time we put somebody onto a team. And you also have this um, unique feature called uh, Gigster Karma Points, right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so we actually, when we when we kind of put together a profile, it includes yeah. uh, it includes both your hard skills. You know, these are here's where I think I'm an expert in Java or React or Node, but also soft skills like how have other people rated me for teamwork, for helpfulness, mm-hmm. for creativity. And then we take all of those uh, metrics, if you will, and we create what we call a karma score. Um, It's really kind of gamifying the whole process of skill building. Mm -hmm. And it's basically saying, you know, you need to take, you need to pay just as much attention to your soft skills as your hard skills. Because if you say, hey, why is my karma score, uh, you know, Chris's karma score is 1,000, Tim's Mm -hmm. is 3,000. And you could say something like, hey, Chris, you're kind of a, you know, you're a brilliant guy. But nobody really likes working with you. <laughs> Everybody loves working with Tim. Um, and so he actually, as a team member, is rated higher than you, even though you got number one on the Java score, you know, whatever. Wow. And it, I mean, I think it goes back to this important in, importance in that even as a remote worker, if you're working with a team, your soft skills, your life skills matter, right? Like how you communicate. Absolutely. Guys. Yeah. And I think this is an opportunity maybe to just kind of reset the whole picture of a Mm. tech worker. You know, we have this picture of a tech worker is this this guy uh, who got intense focus and who is not very nice to other people. That's kind of that's that's the kind of the classic uh, stereotype. I'm not saying it's fair, 
Um, why is it not the, the stereotype of this very customer-centric woman who is really great at user experience and communication and making sure that the business needs are well understood and communicated to the team? That's the kind of skill that makes a remote work team really work. Mm, so communication skills are harder when you're remote. You know, and I, I, I 100% agree with this as a remote entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. Never, I'm never in the same place at, uh, at, at, at any given time. But, yeah. you know, I, I work with people all over the world. Uh, yeah. And I literally, you know, I, I create content online. It's like I literally rarely ever see the people I work with. But, you know, I have to always empathize with them. I'm always checking in on them. And I realize communicating and staying in touch, right? And just, you know, find, even when I'm doing video conferences with some of the people on my team that I work with, video, right? We have that face-to-face -face communication. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm going to share with your studio audience something that may be private, but I think is important, which is yeah. before you started your podcast, you set an intention. Yeah. You set an intention about how you wanted to communicate. And you had a conversation with me about how we were going to communicate together. That to me is the mark of a pro. Mm. Um, those are skills that I don't have. Mm. So you have something to offer people, which is how do you make sure in this limited medium that you're really communicating effectively mm. uh, and, and, and being intentional about the affect, the emotion that you're that you're conveying and the and also the the thoughts that you're wanting to leave people with and that kind of intentionality mm. is, is a critical skill i believe for remote work it's so true it's so true so you know last question yeah okay, so i'm currently working on this book called the seven habits of dynamic leadership and you know i want to get your thoughts what do you think are the three habits leaders need to embody and thrive in the future of work Boy, that's a great question. No, I think I think the first one is to is to go flat. Mm. So so much of leadership is about hierarchy. So much of leadership is about how high up I am. Mm. Uh, in the future of work, in this conversation you and I are having, everything gets a lot more one on one. Mm. Uh, and so organizations flatten in the remote world. And so that means, I believe, for a leadership to go flat means you have to really connect with people and you have to really understand them where they are and you have to figure out what motivates them. You can't just tell them what to do, bark out a command and have it ripple down through the organization. You need to have more consciousness of who they are and what their passions are and how to motiva motivate them. So that's the, that's the first one is kind of go flat. I think the second one is, is I'm going to just kind of go with this theme of this, is go dynamic, mm. which is so much, again, of the command and control is you kind of arrange your, two, your, you arrange your troops on the chessboard, and then everybody's supposed to kind of stay in their position. And that tends to be tremendously inefficient. We find, for example, at Gigster, that when we bring in the Gigster platform, we mm. can improve productivity by 50%. Not that people are moving faster. It's just that there's that much inefficiency in staffing today. Staffing today tends to be you put a bunch of people on a team mm -hmm. and then you just let them sit there, whether they're fully utilized or not. So going dynamic means putting people in the right place at the right time. 
By the way, that also helps keep them motivated. Mm. And then the third thing is, I would say is inspect everything. Mm. And so what happens in the, in the kind of in the face-to-face -face world, you're kind of always catching vibes from people. You can kind of tell, hey, is Tim doing okay or is Tim kind of freaked out? Yeah. And so people use a lot of these informal communication channels to kind of say, hey, is that team that Tim's, Tim's on, are they doing okay? When you go remote, you lose a lot of that nonverbal mm. communication. And what that means is you need to be, uh, again, using that word intentional, you need to be a lot more intentional about just asking people. So with the Gigster platform, every two weeks, every sprint, we ask the, the users, hey, what do you think? You think this project is gonna deliver on time? And we ask the people on the project the same question. Are you confident that this project is going to deliver on time and with the with the value that the users expect? And then for every single piece of, of, of every deliverable from each project, we bring in an independent expert. So if we have a technical architecture that's produced by one team, we bring in a technical architect from another team to look at it and kind of QA it. And what we find is if you do those things, if you inspect everything, what you can do is you can limit the risk of your project. And we found you can lower it pretty, pretty dramatically, over 50%. Um, so those are kind of the three things. Go flat, go dynamic, and inspect everything. That's powerful. That's a powerful framework. And there's so many people showing you so much love in the comments, Chris. Carla okay. agreed 110%. Chris is also saying good stuff. And, you know, I think a, a lot of people are talking about the whole notion of servant leadership, right? And I think that it, it speaks to the to the go flat uh, approach, right? Servant leaders have intimate connections with the people that they're leading. Yeah, no, not surprisingly, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of, of that concept. I think just flipping the whole idea of the leader is not the boss, the leader is the servant. Um, that, that's a really interesting mindset to approach approach the whole future of work. I love it. I love it. And I would love for any of our people in the community, if you have any questions for Chris, feel free to ask them. Or if you have any experiences on maybe how you've seen dynamic work structures in your workplace, or if you've ever had a leader who really went flat in terms of having a personal connection with you. And more importantly, how do you approach how do you approach inspecting everything in your day-to-day -day work? You know, Chris, you know, one of the things that I think I love about the work you all are doing with Gigster is that it's also very purpose-driven. Could you share a little bit more about your culture and how you keep it running the way it does? Well, I, I think, I mean, you you mentioned one of them is, is we do have the concept of servant leadership in our in our culture, that our, mm -hmm. our job is to serve our customers and to serve our employees. That's, that's why we exist. Um, and we have another... Uh, another aspect of our culture is is row the boat together. So you know, we all we all get in the boat, we all row it together, we all get to a really great place. Um, but I've always really felt like Gigster has two missions. We have a mission to, with our platform, really enable companies to manage remote workers effectively, whether those remote workers are employees or not. Um, and the second thing is through that same mechanism of of supporting remote workers tear down a lot of the barriers that exist today to getting good techno technical work. Mm. So um, Gigster has always had a philosophy that we pay based on uh, the outcomes. We don't pay, pay based on the zip code. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting concept that I think is at odds with a lot of the technology industry 
where you know they're constantly cheap uh, chasing the cheapest uh, employee in the farthest flung location who will accept the lowest amount of money and gigsters always because of our karma because of the way we rate people yeah we rate we pay people based on their skills and capabilities and their outputs wow. uh, we also provide access to opportunity based on skills and out and outputs not based on who you know or where you went to school or or where you live wow that's amazing and i think you know you gigsters culture is the future of work in action, right? And because a lot of companies are still trying to get to where you all are at in terms of embodying a skills-based work culture or results-oriented environment. And, you know, I think a lot of the people in our community are watching like, how can I work at Gigster, right? Yeah. This is this seems like the ideal work culture. And with that said, Chris, I would love, you know, if you could share any way our community can follow you or follow the work that Gigster is doing, I'm sure they would love to hear it. Yeah, our, our website is www.gigster.com and um, and uh, my Twitter is, is CKeen and my email is Chris at CKeen. So those are three different ways that, that you can get a hold of me. And, and I, I really do, I love the work that you're doing and I think the idea of following your passion is really where the future of work is going. I love it, follow your passion, everyone. And Chris says, to cap it off, I think leaders can also get value from companies like Balloon. Uh, which allows for a, who, a whole new way to work and lead and gain unbiased feedback and lack of biased recruiting. So he's kind of shouting out some um, websites that people can check out. And Saad is also saying we all need to connect and be leaders in our own space, especially if you're a remote worker. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like 110%. And with that said, Chris, thank you so much for being on the Unleashing the Future of Work episode. Do you have any parting words for our lovely community? Uh, no, just just uh, we have an opportunity right now. We have a moment to make the future of work happen. We have a moment to make remote work uh, just work, just plain old work. I love it. And I think this model of get lean, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. go flat, go, go dynamic and expect everything. That is, I think, uh, a few core leadership habits are incredibly important. And I encourage every member of our community to apply when it comes to leading um, and within your organizations. And with that said, y'all, thank y'all for watching another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. Be sure to tune in next week. Great.